Hola, sweet friends. Welcome to Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast, the only podcast for physicians who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a certified life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome. Bienvenidos. Happy Mother's Day! Mother's Day is coming up, y'all! So, I just want to do a special episode today all about Mother's Day, how to have an amazing Mother's Day, mom guilt, where mom guilt comes from, where mom guilt comes from, and emotional blackmail and how to avoid it at all costs. Okay, so number one, how to have a fabulous Mother's Day. Well, you may have recognized, you may recognize what I'm about to say from my Valentine's Day episode a few months ago. So how to have amazing Mother's Day is to, number one, decide. Decide you're going to have an amazing Mother's Day and then plan it yourself. Figure out who you want to be on Mother's Day and then do it. Do you want to be relaxed? Do you want to um, feel loved, right? Because if you feel, if you want to feel loved, then how can you show up loving? Loving for yourself. How can you start loving yourself? For me on Mother's Day, I have decided I want to go to the spa. I'm, I've actually have a gift card that my friends gave me from the spa months and months ago and will never use that gift card unless I plan it at least two months in advance because that's what it looks like for me on my calendar. I have to plan things two months in advance if they're going to be uh, like a, a half a day thing, right? And, and, and a day that I can escape from, from work or coaching. So I have decided it's not going to be exactly on Mother's Day. It's going to be a week later, but that's okay for me because I know on Mother's Day, I have planned a trip to the spa and I scheduled it last month. You guys can, and I know Mother's Day is coming up, so you can actually schedule it for next month and just know that your Mother's Day is going to be held this time. You're going to the spa. You're going to have brunch with your friends. You decide I'm not going to clean up. What does that look like? That looks like when Mother's Day actually happens and nobody's made the kids breakfast yet and your spouse or significant other is hitting the snooze alarm. The kids are whining. They're dragging you out of bed. The, the living room is already a mess because they've already gotten into their toys. And that means you've decided you're going to already have a happy Mother's Day, which does not involve cleaning up. That means you have to not clean up. So don't clean up. Leave the toys where they are. If the kids want to eat breakfast, just take out whatever you have in the cabin, whether it's crackers, whether it's cookies, it's Mother's Day. If you decided you're not going to cook on Mother's Day, then don't cook on Mother's Day. But don't expect your spouse to wake up and cook you a gourmet breakfast or plan uh, a day to go to the the restaurant, your favorite restaurant, your favorite, your favorite club to go eat. Don't expect that just because it's Mother's Day. So create it, make it a reality. And then if you've told yourself you're not going to do something, it is up to you to not do that, not clean up, not cook for the family, like all these kind of things. Now, if you want to, by all means, go ahead and make that gourmet breakfast for Mother's Day and go ahead and clean up because every you have to have everything organized, right? In order to in order to cook or in order to leave the house. If you are that person, then own it instead of the marcher mentality where you're like, well, nobody's ever gonna do this, so it has to be me. No, it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be anybody. Leave it, leave it, and have yourself a happiest Mother's Day. Okay. Number two, let's talk about mom guilt. Because oftentimes we don't have the best Mother's Day or we 
don't feel like the best mother because we have all this internal mom guilt inside us. Well, my mom, I'm, you know, my kids really need me to make them healthy food because nobody else will do it for them. My kids need me to put them to bed in time because if they're not put in bed in time, then they'll be cranky in the morning and they'll lose sleep and then they won't be smart. The next day at school, they're not gonna learn and they're they're just not gonna thrive. Like it's up to me to create this, this perfect environment in my house for my kids. Well, guess what? There is no perfect environment, right? And you're com probably comparing yourself to all the perfect pictures you see on Instagram and Facebook of other moms who have created these perfect little lunches with the little notes and the chopped up vegetables and the washed fruit and all in the little cute bento boxes with the, with the bows that match in their hair as they go off to school that say their school's name on them. And you're like, well, I can't do that. I'm, I'm working and then I come home and I'm exhausted and I can barely show up for my children at story time. How can I make their lunch look like that and their hair look like that and send them off to school? Just recognize, where is that mom guilt coming from? Is it coming from a comparison because you think a picture you saw on Instagram is what your life should look like? Is it because you think reality should look different than it does because if that's the case then you're able to to bring awareness to it then you can start turn the tables and, and start to realize you know what it's only normal to compare yourself if you're scrolling on social media and to realize again that this is normal but what is the reality for that person behind that picture there could be screaming and yelling. There could be the food could look like that perfect in the bento box for like one minute. And then the next minute it could be flying in the air. Who knows? You know? And in order to get their hair to look that perfect with the bows and the braids and there could have been a little bit of emotional drama involved. So just start to notice where that mom guilt is coming from. Maybe... You're one of those moms who's always just like, I just never have enough time. I'm rushing, I'm rushing to get home. I'm rushing to take them to the activities and I pick them up from school. I have to drive them here. Then I, then the, the baby's in the car seat and I feel so bad. And then we get home and then it's just like the dinner time, bath time, bedtime, book time, circus. I don't ever, I ever get to enjoy any of it. And if only, if only I had more time. You know, I was coaching one of my clients last week and she was trying to figure out whether she wanted to go part-time or not or just cut back at work to open up more time because she just didn't have the time she wanted to spend with her children and everything was just rush, rush, rush. And then she didn't have the time to connect emotionally with her husband. But, you know, her husband was always on the phone, on her cell phone, and, and, and she just didn't know how to tell him to put it down at, like, dinner. And she's like, well, if I just cut back, if I cut back one more day at work... And this is what I had to offer her. What if it's not time that you need? What if you had the perfect amount of time right now to do all the things you wanted to do? What if those taking, picking your child up from school, maybe you got to do, maybe you get to do that one or two days a week, maybe all days of the week. You get to use that time in the car to talk to them. What if you don't pick your kids up from school? Maybe you're, taking them from after school activities, you're picking them up from daycare, whatever it is, and you're doing the dinner time, bath time, book time, circus, 
How many hours is that? Two hours, three hours. Is that a not, why is that not enough time? What if that was just the right amount of time to spend with the children? How could you enjoy the dinner time preparation, the cleanup, the getting changed? How could you enjoy that process? while your kids are screaming, while your kids are negotiating how many books to read or telling you that, you know, not, no, not 10 more minutes of Peppa Pig. They want 15 more minutes or not five more minutes. They want six more minutes. How could that be enjoyable? Or if you just can't get there, if it's just not enjoyable, what could you do in that moment to fill your needs, to fill your need to diminish the amount of mom guilt you feel. What, who do you want to be in that moment? I will say that although, and I'm going to use myself as an example, although I have cut back clinically to three and a half days a week working instead of five, I have filled those other one and a half days up with what? Podcasting, coaching, having meetings and interviews with other people, doing volunteer activities for my Society of Pediatric Radiology, for the community, volunteering at the children's school or whatever it is I need to do. I've, I've actually begun to do more stuff as a part-time working mother. I'm actually, I, I spend more time on real estate, renovations. And the mom guilt can still be there if I let it creep in. So what I choose to tell myself is that time that I do have, the dinner time, the cleanup time, the bath time, the book time, I ask myself, how can I enjoy it without letting the guilt creep in, right? So do I want to embrace all those toddler emotions or the four-nager, the five-year-old coming of age emotions. How can I just be completely present? Well, number one, I, I just tell myself that's what I'm going to do. I oftentimes put my phone away if I'm on call or I don't look at all the texts in the right away, only answer super necessary phone calls. Like if my husband's calling and I just am present. I actually think about the process, make every, I, I create like I create it fun for, if it's fun for me, then it's typically going to be fun for the kids. If it's not, it, it, it kind of like rolls downhill. They notice when you're not having fun, when you're stressed out, when you're frazzled, like brushing their teeth used to be a crazy big ordeal. You know what we do now? We brush the hippopotamus. Te- oh no, not the hippopotamus teeth because my kids can't open their, their mouths as wide as hippopotamus. We brush the lion's teeth. We look for the princesses and the, the butterflies to fly out when I'm brushing their teeth. You know, we make it a game. Everything's a little game. And when I'm not feeling it, when I cannot emotionally be there in that moment, I figure out what it is I need. Do I need five minutes to go take a hot shower, put them in front of Peppa Pig so I can just go do that and then come back and be more present? Do I need a quick phone call, a quick lifeline with a friend just to connect to another adult voice? What it is that you need in those moments when you're just feeling super rushed, you know? And then also 
realizing that we're not a victim of our circumstances. Yes, we are rushing from school to soccer practice or chess practice or ballet, whatever it is, then to home. And like, we only have so much, so much time, right? Well, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. All of us. I don't know one person who has 25 hours. Do you know one person who has 25 hours? I think that happens like once a year in most of the states, not all the states, maybe like Arizona doesn't participate. One day a year, some of us get 25 hours. <laughs> but majority of the time, we all get those 25, 24 hours. And let me step back a moment and talk about emotional blackmail, because this is very easy to step into when we're in the, um, what do you call it? When we, when we think our children are being manipulative, we label them as militative or negotiate, you know how they negotiate like terrorists for more books, more time, more time in front of their bedtime show or more time reading books with you or more time before the lights turn off. Sometimes we call that <laughs> like negotiating with terrorists. There are little kids, there are little babies, there are little hearts. So sometimes I find myself saying, when I hear them screaming or throwing a tantrum or not wanting to do something I want them to do, brush their teeth, climb under the covers, stop screaming, I might say, you know, mommy's really angry or mommy's feeling really sad that you don't want to come read books right now. It's just... I'm so disappointed that we can't get bedtime routine done. I'm just so disappointed in, in, in your constant crying and your constant tantrums. So what we're doing with the emotional blackmails, we're, we're tying our emotions, whether it's disappointed, sad, angry, frustrated. Maybe they bit somebody at school. Maybe they hit somebody over the head. Maybe they didn't return in their homework. You might say, it makes, it makes mommy really sad that, that you bit somebody today or that you didn't turn in your homework or that you said that to Mrs. So-and-so. What you're doing is you're tying your emotions to one of their actions. Whereas, yes, that is called emotional blackmail. Tying one of their actions, fighting, not turning their homework, tantrums, or their words. They might say something like, I hate mommy. I hate you. I don't want to be with you whatever words that is, and it could be very, very, the way we interpret it can be very hurtful. But when we tie our emotions to exactly their words or exactly their emotions, that is emotional blackmail. Why? Because their words and their actions, that's the reality. Those are the facts. But we don't feel any way about it, frustrated, angry, upset, sad, until we put a story behind it. Until we think, oh, my little, my little cute daughter, she, she bit that girl at school. I'm so, I must be such a horrible mother. How could I have let that happen? I've let that happen. And then we may be super sad because we're thinking that way, right? Not because they bit somebody. Who knows? Another mom might think, hey, that's amazing. They're defending themselves because the, the bigger kid was going to come and bop the other girl on the head. And so instead she went to go bite the guy who was going to, I mean, who knows? I'm not saying any of this is right. I'm not condoning biting or bopping anybody on the head, but, and, and I just want you to notice that if you're going to tell your little Susie or little Johnny that I'm sad, 
that you say those hurtful things, that that is emotional blackmail. And what you could say instead is, I am sad. Or, you know, maybe just you need to figure it out yourself, right? Like, yes, you're sad. You're sad because you don't want your children to say hurtful things. And you're interpreting that as hurtful. And so how can you create, make those words, say they said, I hate you, mommy. I mean, do you believe that? Was that just a reaction? Was that just your child being human and reacting the only way they knew how? Besides kicking or throwing the tantrum, they don't have all the words, the whole vocabulary. It's easy just to say that. Hey, mommy, I know what, I know I, and I know what hate, and, and then it's you, you know? They probably don't really mean that. Lastly, on how to have a happy Mother's Day is to let go of our expectations of those around us. I will say I was coaching, yeah, just today actually, and one of my clients just didn't know what to do about this big move her and her husband were coming across. They're changing jobs, they're switching position jobs, they're finding a different position across the country. She's getting credentialed, she's working on trying to find a daycare, trying to find a house, but her husband's just not so sure. He's still confused. He's not quite sure if this is the right move for them. He's not quite sure they're gonna be happy in their future physician jobs. And he brings this up a lot. And this stirs up a lot of emotions inside of her because she wants security. She wants security in knowing what their, what their next move is going to be. And she knows that every time she brings this up, she's pushing his buttons. So she's trying to just kind of be patient. We're calling it be patient, although she wants to, she wants to know. She came to me asking, how do I know I'm not just avoiding the topic? It's like, oh, that's a really good question, right? How do you not know you're avoiding versus actually just being patient? What do you think I said? Well, are you know, are you are you avoiding the topic? I mean, she wasn't bringing up certain topics. You know what she was doing instead? She was just getting them down on her own. She was looking up different childcare places. She was getting her credentialing done. She had already made the pro and cons list to moving. She wasn't sweeping under the rug what needed to be addressed with her husband. She was addressing what she wanted to address on her own. But getting him to commit, whether he actually wants to move or not, whether he believes it's a good idea or not, she has no control over because that's in his mind. So actually there was nothing to sweep under the rug. She was taking care of what she wanted to do she hadn't reached out to a realtor yet. It's several months away. There's still a lot of time. But if you find yourself one of these people who just wants to get things done now, you have to know now where you're going to move, if you're going to be happy. Because you're used to getting things done. When you ask something, somebody to get something done, you want it done now. Take a step back and ask yourself why. And how can you find more patience, right? How can you find, how can you create more patience? And she was being patient. But she thought that that being patient was kind of like sweeping the topics under the rugs. But actually, it wasn't. They had just decided they were going to talk about it at a different time, at the end of the month. So there's a difference between being patient and being avoidant. If you are being patient, it can feel uncomfortable. It can feel that same uncomfortable as being avoidant. I will say one of the main differences is that when you're being patient, 
nothing has gone wrong. When you're being patient, you're allowing room for the emotional growth of yourself and the other person. You know you're not going to avoid the topic forever. And you can even create a little guideline, like we're going to address this in two weeks. Okay. At a really good time for both of us, not at 10 p.m. at night when we're both tired and exhausted. Now, being avoidant is not thinking about it, not wanting to bring it up because you're afraid of the other person's emotional reaction. You're afraid of the conflict it might bring up. You can be patient and invite, okay, I understand when we do bring this up in two, two weeks, we may not be on the same page. You still may not be sure about this move. And that is okay. So back to Mother's Day and how to have a happy Mother's Day. Decide right now what you're going to go do. Decide right now how you want to be, okay, how you want to feel. And if that's possible, how that is possible for you. Not why, why it's not possible. And I'm going to give you another example. One of my, uh, one of my coaching clients, she has uh, some family members living with her right now, some cousins, just some, some cousins. And they're kind of like in their honeymoon phase, but they have kids. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. They're, but they're still like very, um, very loving, very connected, very nurturing of each other. And this is what they see from the outside. And her husband turned to her one night and was like, why can't we be like that? Look, they have a little kid and they're still so loving and comforting and nurturing for each other. And then let's just reframe that. I would, I would offer, if that is ever a thought you have in your head, why can't we be more like that, right? And maybe you're thinking that in Mother's Day, like, why can't our family have a happy Mother's Day? Why can't our family all go out and celebrate Mother's Day together? Why can't my family understand that for Mother's Day, this is what I want? Instead of why can't, start asking yourself, how can, how can, we be more loving towards each other, starting with me. How can I be more loving? How can we create, how can I create the Mother's Day that I want? How can I create a family outing that I enjoy? Understanding that it comes with all the emotions. I'm not going to be happy 100% of the time. I may be worried or anxious part of the time. How can I accept that mom guilt? may always be a part of my life and how am i going to dig deeper a little bit deeper every day so that i can really understand where it's coming from and address those issues and then one more bit on emotional blackmail i just thought of this story when i do fluoroscopy procedures in the hospital the children they go ballistic a lot of the times because they're there's they're lying on this if you've ever been in the radiology suite, we have this huge fluoro machine that comes over so that we can take CNA clips, pulsed fluoro, not continuous, pulsed fluoro while we're watching them swallow barium or while we're putting and doing an air um, enema or a contrast enema, any of those types of procedures. Uh, and, and we like to watch it, okay? We like to watch it move through their body under x-ray. And the kids flip out because they're on this hard surface. They don't know what's going on. There's this huge machine over them coming closer to them. They think it's going to crush them. Nobody's telling them, you know, exactly step by step what's going on. Like they feel like the world's about to end. And their parent, most of the time, is in the room with them, sometimes holding their hand, sometimes sitting on the side. 
Most of the procedures we allow the parent in the room. And what's so, what I find hilarious, which the children do not, is that when I have Spanish speaking patients in my room, and now I do speak, I do speak conversational Spanish. So I try to speak Spanish to my patients as well. Their parents oftentimes say, no pasa, no pasa nada, no pasa nada, corazón, no pasa nada, mijito, no pasa nada. What does no pasa nada mean? No pasa nada means nothing is happening. And I've always found this incredibly comical because when their parents are saying no pasa nada, nothing is happening, there's a heck of a lot of stuff happening. The kids are screaming and thrashing and the machine's over them and we're putting squirting barium in their mouth or maybe up up into their colon. I mean, they're uh, they're cold, they're getting wet, they've got catheters in their, either in their nose or their bottom or their urethra. Things are, lots of things are happening. And often, and, and, and I just find it hilarious because that is the direct translation. No pasa nada, nothing is happening. And I think we do the same thing in English a lot. We just don't realize it. It's just not as obvious because it's not one of those things I pull out like no pasa nada. Like we, we oftentimes we might say to our children, it's okay, it's gonna be okay. Or maybe we say it to our spouse, like our spouse is getting angry and upset and frustrated and they might be yelling and we're just like, it's okay, it's okay. Very similar, right? No pasa nada. No, guess what? You know what that's doing? That's diminishing the feelings and the emotions of the other person, whether that's your spouse or your child. No, pasa, are you kidding me? Pasa todo, everything's happening. I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling frustrated, I don't know what's going on. So in order to, and this is, you know, I don't really have this conversation with my patients, but I use this as a realization because a lot of these things happen in my own life. So I use this as an opportunity for my own growth and communication with my own children, my own spouse. And I do, I am guilty of saying that a lot. Like, it's okay. It's okay. I say that a lot to Victor. You can ask him. Instead of saying that, I'm going to shift away to, to just naming their emotion. Oh, I know you're so angry. I know you're so frustrated. That is so frustrating, right? Naming the emotion without the, but it's gonna be okay. Without the, but we're gonna get through it. Without the, but you still shouldn't react that way. But you still shouldn't be throwing a tantrum on the floor. Just the, I know you're so angry. I know this is so frustrating. And I'm here for you if you need me. I know this is so frustrating. The issue is it's bedtime. So I'm going to turn off the lights. I know you're really unhappy right now that you can't eat the cookie before dinner. And I'm going to sit down and we're going to have the vegetables and fruits first. And this is just labeling it. Does it make their reaction any different or better? Well, it could. It may be surprising. I think just naming their emotion and not saying a but, or you're not trying to rationalize the situation or fix something might be helpful. So why don't you go try that? Another option is, you know, another option could be, and I know this works for children. I know you, I know you want all the toys on the shelf. I know you want those toys say you're in a store and let's just start writing them down let's just make a list or write all the toys you want so that when it comes 
to give a gift-giving season or a time or maybe you, where you've earned something or when you have some money saved up, we'll have the list. We'll know what you want. We can draw it. And those are just some options, right? So you're not negating their emotions. And that all went back to my story of no pasa nada and the, and the emotional blackmail, which is kind of all related. All these things are very related. And in the end of the day, I want you guys to have an amazing Mother's Day, a happy Mother's Day, and every single day, every single day. Please share this episode with somebody who you want to celebrate Mother's Day with. Spread happy Mother's Day too. Share these concepts, concepts of mom guilt, emotional blackmail, no pasa nada. And reach out to me on Instagram, Kate Mangona, MD, Facebook, Join my group, Medicine, Marriage, and Money, my husband's group, 39.6 community. I appreciate any feedback. If you'd like to email me, katemangona at medicinemarriageandmoney.com. Make any suggestions for future episodes. I am here for you. So much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.